Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar. This is going to be episode 198 of The Informed Catholic, episode 198 of The Informed Catholic. So before we begin, if you like what I do and you think I'm doing a good job, please subscribe and share. This would let Anchor and Spotify those are the two I produce my podcast through, and it will let all the other podcast platforms uh, know that people actually enjoy listening to this podcast. And the more numbers, the more people subscribe, it helps to get this podcast distributed. So uh, now that we got that through, let's start with a prayer, please. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Queen of the Rosary, pray for us. Saint Joseph, guardian of the church and terror of demons, pray for us. Saint Thomas More, pray for us. And Saint Michael the Archangel, defend us from evil, pray for us. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. So we're still in the drama of the post-election. And uh, we have here an article from Church Militant. It's by Christine Christlip. Christlip. I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly. It's from Church Militant, November 26. That's uh, actually Thanksgiving Day, right? And Sidney Powell. Uh, it's about Sidney Powell. It's called Georgia Kraken Unleashed. Georgia Kraken Unleashed by Christine uh, Christlip, Church Militant, November 26, 2020. I'm sorry, Christine, um, if I pronounced uh, Kristen. Uh, she, her name is pronounced Kristen with a K, the first name, and Christlip with C-H-R-I-S-T-L-I-E. E B. So I apologize if I mispronounce your name. Now, um, I hope all of you had a Thanksgiving day. Unfortunately, I had, I'm dealing with a very difficult neighbor who um, just lives in their own private world of lots of chaotic noise. Uh, please pray for me because uh, I'm Fortunately, I'm struggling uh, with a neighbor and uh, it doesn't look like it's getting better. All right. So let's begin with this article. Atlanta, churchmilitant.com, former federal prosecutor Sidney Powell has published a civil lawsuit. So she's um, Atlanta, former federal prosecutor Sidney Powell has published a c civil lawsuit. She's filing in federal court naming Georgia officials responsible for various illegal illegalities and widespread voter fraud in the 2020 presidential election. The 100 page lawsuit is being filed on behalf 
of five Georgia electors and two Georgia Republican Party officials. It is naming Governor Brian Kemp, a Republican, Secretary of State Brad Reffensburg, also Republican, and I, I guess are, represents Republican, I hope, and all members of the state's election board as def defendants, including a call for 14 different remedies from impounding all voting machines to an order requiring Governor Kemp to transmit certified election results that the state, present uh, state, uh, result that state, uh, that, that state that President Trump is the winner of the election. Okay. Here's a tweet here from C.J. Pearson, reading through the suit now. I'm honored to serve as a plaintiff in this lawsuit represented by Sidney Powell in my capacity as a Republican nominee to Electoral College as we seek to restore integrity to our election and stop the steal. The Kraken is here. <laughs> That's the, her, her battle slogan, release the Kraken. I heard there's going to be t-shirts like that now. The lawsuit details many of the claims Powell has been discussing in the media over the past several weeks, including manipulation of voter data by foreign entities. And while it overlaps Linwood's federal suit to some degree, Powell's legal action focuses more directly on fraud charges, problem with Dominion software. Now we all heard about that one, right? <clears throat> Dominion software is a special focus of concern among number of states the lawsuit notes the likelihood of a of foreign state interfering in the u.s election and manipulating ballots the fraud was executed by many means but the most fundamentally troubling insidious and egregious is the systematic adaptation of old-fashioned ballot stuffing it has now been amplified and rendered virtually invisible by computer software created and run by domestic and foreign actors. For that very purpose, the mathematical and statistical anomalies rising to the level of impossibilities as shown by affidavits of multiple witnesses, documentation and experts, testimony, uh, this, uh, that, that, you know, that support the scheme across the state of Georgia. Uh, Smartmatic and Dominion were founded by a foreign Aguilar, uh, Algarquies. <laughs> Systematic dom uh, Dominions were founded by foreign Algarquies. Uh, uh, these are rich and powerful and dictators to ensure computerized ballot stuffing and voter manipulation to whatever level was needed to make certain Venezuelan dictator Hugo Chavez that he never lost another election, Powell wrote. Notably, Chavez won every election thereafter. A core requirement of the Smartmatic software design was the software ability to hide its manipulation of votes from any audits, she noted. <clears throat> okay, here's someone, another tweet here. Hezbollah Khan uh, uh, tweeted her on her Twitter account. The evidence is so overwhelming. There is a foreign intrusion into our voting system. 
Here's another tweet here responding. And they say the deep state is a long conspiracy theory. People need to wise up. The CIA coined the term conspiracy theory back in the 60s when JFK was assassinated and discredited. People who questioned the narrative of the day, propaganda and rhetoric soon followed. This, uh, so is there people who actually who are, you know, who are paying attention to this? Powell cites the lack of chain of custody to bolster evidence of ballot stuffing, arguing that the Dominion, De Dominion democracy suit doesn't, doesn't log enough event information to recreate precisely what happens to votes. There are a number of event markers in the voting process first. The touchscreen computer records, the voters selection electronically and produces a paper ballot. The ballot is then scanned electronically and the vote is uploaded in biotechs to the software's tallying function. Problems can develop at any one of those these steps. For example, how many voters actually carefully reviewed their paper ballots to make sure their vote was properly recorded? That's a good question. If a scanned image is identified by the system as unreadable or otherwise problematic, it is placed into a problem ballots folders who where it is possible uh, where it is possible for a malicious administrator to simply drag and drop the folder into the recycle bin. These weak spots in the system in the system are some of the reasons Texas refused to certify the software. Texas was the only state one of the few, or I don't know if there are others, but so far Texas has, uh, has appeared over and over again in the media, rejected using Dominion or Smartmatic in their in their voting process, which is probably the reason why Texas did not, uh, you know, have a problem uh, going to Trump. Now let's let's continue. All right. Um, okay, we'll go. We'll, there's a link here, but we'll check it out later. Voting machine irregularities. Just as ballots have a chain of custody requirements, so do voting machines. The Georgia lawsuit cites one election official's experience. We typically receive the machines, the ballots market, uh, marking devices on the, on the Friday before the election with a chain of custody letter to be signed on Sunday indicating that we had received the machines and the counts on the machines when received and that the machines had been sealed. In this case, we were asked to sign the chain of custody letter on Sunday, even though the machines were not delivered until 2 a.m. in the morning on election day. Another expert reported on how easy it is to manipulate Dominion voting machines. To hack a voting machine, you just need seven minutes alone with it and a screwdriver. <laughs> oh boy. <clears throat> Burst pipe claim. Okay. This is from Georgia, but there's something happened with some kind of like pipe that burst on election night. Officials at state farm arena got more than seven minutes alone with a voting machine. They were given four hours. Officials reported that a burst pipe required, uh, Okay, the burst pipe required a, uh, evacuation of the area where absentee ballots were being counted, but a small number of workers remained behind and continued working. Powell includes the incident as evidence of potential fraud. 
Platons, Platons have learned that the representation about a water leak affecting the room where absentee ballots were counted was not true. The only water leak that needed repair is the State Farm Arena. From November 3rd to November 5th was a toilet overflow that occurred earlier on November 3rd. It had nothing to do with a room with ballots counting. But the false water break represent, representation led to everyone being sent home. Nevertheless, for six, um, first six people, then three people stayed until one Oh, 05 a.m. working on the computers. Very interesting. The claim is echoed in Linwood's lawsuit, who has subpoenaed county officials prov uh, to provide evidence of the burst pipe, which thus far seems to be lacking. Absentee ballots. Powell's lawsuit also addresses the uh, illegality of Raffenberger's absentee ballot procedure. Raffenberger put forward a rule on an emergency basis that allowed election workers to open up absentee ballots up to three weeks before election day. Powell argues that this, this is illegal because Georgia law says absentee ballots, ballots cannot be open until election day. In plain terms, the statute clearly prohibits opening absentee ballot prior to election day, while the Raffenberger's emergency rule authorizes doing so three weeks before election day, Powell wrote. There is no reconciling this conflict. This is another tweet from someone by the name of Murray. Breaking at Sidney Powell. I would warn any state right now that think they're going to certify this election to rethink it very seriously because what they're certifying is their own fraud and their own complacency in fraud. I might even mount a class action suit later too. Hmm. Powell has filed a lawsuit in Michigan addressing fraudulent claims in, the, in that state as well. So far, a judge has halted election certification in Pennsylvania. All right, so remember that. The judge actually has halted certification uh, uh, of, of the uh, election in Pennsylvania. So the uh, Judy Giuliani managed to get that. A judge in Wisconsin is reviewing a petition regarding 150,000 counterfeit ballots. You hear that, people? A judge in Wisconsin is reviewing a petition regarding 150,000 counter ballots, counterfeit ballots. A judge in Nevada has called an ev uh, evidentiary hearing related to election results, and the 11th Circuit's court judge has gathered, has granted ex uh, expedited, expedited review of Lindwin's case in Georgia. So there, so this is this is this is a strong possibility. It looks like it can actually be done. It, you know, it's you know, I think, I think the Biden people are going to find themselves with a uh, serious problem here. All right, let me stop this, and then I want to listen to. Uh, we're going to listen to a uh, a church militant. It's going to be an audio audio, but uh, I believe you're going to hear Michael Voris. So let's check it out. Okay. Welcome to the 
U.S. Church Militant post-election special. Today is Monday, sorry, today is Tuesday, November 24th, 2020. I'm your host, Michael Vores, coming to you live from our Church Militant studios here in Detroit. Today, the investigations into election fraud continue. Courts are gearing up. And a word to Trump supporters to chill out. But before we get to all that, let's entrust ourselves first to our Blessed Mother. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Turn then, most gracious advocate, thine eyes of mercy towards us, and after this our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary, pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, first off, last night, some deep worries shot through Trump supporters as news broke of mainstream media gleefully reporting President Trump had officially okayed the transition of so-called President-elect Biden, leading to the belief that Trump was conceding the election. But not so fast. What media failed to report is Emily Murphy, head of the General Services Administration, the GSA, responsible for approving money to go toward the Biden transition team. She only approved the transition after receiving multiple threats from Biden's supporters. From her November 23rd letter to Biden, she said she did, quote, receive threats online, by phone, and by mail directed at my safety, my family, my staff, and even my pets in an effort to coerce me into making this determination prematurely. It's going on to clarify her decision has nothing to do with the outcome of the election. Quote, GSA does not dictate the outcome of legal disputes and recounts, nor does it determine whether such proceedings are reasonable or justified. The threats likely arose after ads like this one by leftist group Midas Touch. Meet Emily Murphy, a political hack, a traitor, appointed by Donald Trump to lead the General Services Administration, the GSA. Emily Murphy is a national disgrace. Tell Emily Murphy to sign the transition papers now. Trump tweeted about all this last night. He said, I want to thank Emily Murphy at GSA for her steadfast dedication and loyalty to our country. She has been harassed, threatened, and abused. And I do not want to, I do not want to see this happen to her, her family, or employees of GSA. And this morning, he said, the GSA does not determine who the next president of the United States will be. Hopefully that will be the courts. He retweeted a humorous image this morning confirming he concedes nothing, meaning the fight for the election continues. Now turning again to Dominion Voting Systems. The news never stops with this group. The election software company facing scrutiny that it helped rig the election. As we previously reported, Dominion has ties to different voting company, a different one called Smartmatic. Now Smartmatic was founded in 2000 by Venezuelan businessmen. Smartmatic sold voting equipment to the socialist government there. In 2000, Smartmatic acquired the California-based election company Sequoia Voting Systems. Even Democrats were concerned by that purchase, citing fears about foreign interference. 
Sequoia was sold off in 2007 and later acquired by Dominion in 2010, that company based in Toronto. Now, some claim Smartmatic's bad DNA, and when that's the reference to its cheating equipment and ability to flip votes, that that all went to Sequoia and from there to Dominion. Church Milton actually covered these issues all the way back in 2016 in the last campaign about Smartmatic and its links to leftist billionaire George Soros in the article seen here. Look at the date on the article, October 25, 2016. It referenced a leaked government document, our article did, a document that came from the WikiLeaks dump. It was a 2006 classified memo to the U.S. Secretary of State from an official at the U.S. Embassy in Venezuela. Quote, Smartmatic has claimed to be of U.S. origin, but its true owners, probably elite Venezuelans of several political strains, remain hidden behind a web of holding companies in, Bar in the Netherlands and Bar Barbados. The document warns Venezuela's socialist government used Smartmatic in a 2004 referendum some regard as fraudulent. And then it goes on to say, even without the election fraud allegations, there's still a question of corruption. The Venezuelan government awarded a $128 million contract to Smartmatic ahead of the referendum. Officials bypassed a number of standard protocols, all to give a contract to essentially a no-name company. Now, while Dominion is the one getting all the attention, it's one of three large companies controlling election counts here in the U.S. Election systems and software, Dominion Voting Systems, and Heart InterCivic, these three control vo voting for more than 90% of the country. And in the past, they've all faced high-level complaints about lack of security. In January, computer scientist Matt Blaze actually testified to Congress that U.S. voting systems are open to attack and manipulation. Unfortunately, much of this infrastructure has proven dangerously vulnerable to tampering and attack, and in some cases in ways that cannot be easily detected or corrected uh, after the fact. Uh, these vulnerabilities can create practical avenues for um, corrupt uh, candidates or foreign adversaries to do everything from cause large-scale disruption on election day to potentially uh, undetectably alter uh, election outcomes in some cases. And for the record, Dominion is actually owned by another company, surprisingly with ties to the deep state. Private equity firm Staple Street Capital purchased Dominion Voting Systems in 2018, and sitting on the executive board of that is William Kennard, who was U.S. Ambassador to the European Union during Barack Obama's first term and chairman of the Federal Communications Commission under Bill Clinton, making him a well-connected establishment crony. And it's not only fraud with voting systems rightly coming under fire. On Monday, Tucker Carlson highlighted the mainstream media's affinity to the Democratic Party, aiding them in their fight for the White House. The media openly colluded with the Democratic nominees. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris refused to explain what they would do if they were elected. This never happened before in any presidential election in American history, but the media allowed them to do it. And their use of the China virus to change how Americans voted. They vastly increased the number of mail-in ballots because they knew their candidates would benefit from less secure voting. Carlson also did an interview with American psychologist and author Dr. Robert Epstein, 
who's been monitoring the influence of big tech on the election and voter turnout. He zeroed in specifically on Google. Epstein began with a shocking report of what his field team found in these key swing states. Google's search results were strongly biased in favor of liberals and Democrats. This was not true on Bing or Yahoo. He says they found the smoking gun where the tech giant was censoring content to conservatives, but not to liberals. That is, we found a period of days when the vote reminder on Google's homepage was being sent only to liberals. Not one of our conservative field agents received a vote reminder during those days. Epstein threw out a shocking conclusion. The bottom line at the moment is that these manipulations, the ones that we've so far quantified, uh, could easily have shifted at least six million votes in just one direction. That's the bare minimum at this point that I'm confident of. Yeah, Biden did not get 80 million votes. With this kind of power, big tech can swing elections, and Epstein is pretty sure he knows why. Google literally buys um, candidates and, and politicians, and, and my, my colleagues, my fellow academics, are often uh, bought by Google with large grants. Without question, big tech and mainstream media have been the Democrats' key to not only obtaining the White House, if they do, but also brainwashing Americans consistently. And here's more on the co cooperation between big tech and politicians, a cooperation that seems to have caused a heist of the election. Looking first at big tech, Facebook's Mark Zuckerberg funneled, get this, $350 million to a nonprofit called Center for Tech and Civic Life, or CTCL. CTCL specializes in what they say, call fostering a more engaged democracy and helps to modernize U.S. elections via technology. The nonprofit then distributed the cash to bellwether counties in major swing states. Reports say the money came with a quid pro quo, detailing how to count the ballots, where to vote, and where to drop off the ballots. Meanwhile, officials in key states like Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania worked to reduce the security of the vote, making fraud much easier. For example, Jocelyn Benson, Secretary of State of Michigan here, circumvented the need to verify signatures for absentee ballots using an on online application. Her process didn't provide a match to the signatures of the person requesting the absentee ballot with the signature of the person to whom that ballot would legally belong. Millions of ballots were run through this system in the state's largest turnout in history. And it begs the question, are all of these absentee ballots valid? And in Pennsylvania, mail-in ballots were allowed to be changed or duplicated after submission. Ballot counters supposedly reconciled discrepancies by calling voters, telling this reconciliation only happened in the largely blue counties. And lastly, in Wisconsin, the number of voters claiming the status of indefinitely confined more than tripled in one year. Now, by law, those truly confined do not have to follow a rigorous application process to get an absentee ballot. But this year, some 240,000, almost a quarter million individuals supposedly availed themselves of this process and were not bound to Wisconsin voter ID laws. And the state Supreme Court there in Wisconsin actually ruled that wasn't legal. If even a tenth of these claims were shown to be falsified, Trump would regain the Badger State.
And yet another election fraud issue has surfaced. Illegal aliens, non-citizens, voting and voting for Biden. A study by the nonprofit policy center Just Facts says, yeah, quite possibly this certainly did happen. It reports, its report combines statistics of the 2020 census with a 2019 survey of non-U.S. citizens who voted in 2008. Now the results show of the 15% of non-citizens who voted in the 2008 general election, 80% of them voted for Barack Obama. Assuming this trend would continue, thanks in part to the loosened voter protocols in the states all over the country this time around, just facts applied these statistics to the results of the 2020 general election. Even in the lowest estimations, even if they're true, Trump would take back Georgia and Arizona. By removing inflation from the votes cast by non-citizens, Trump leads in Georgia by anywhere between 14 and 50,000 votes. Likewise, for Arizona, the correction would give Trump a lead of somewhere between 26 and 64,000 votes. And notice how that changes the electoral map there. Now, at the highest end of their estimate, President Trump also flips Nevada and Pennsylvania. In both states, he would take the lead, yes, by a razor-thin margin of just over 2,000 votes, but he would take the lead. These four states would give Trump 285 electoral votes, securing him a second term. Estimations in just these four states show that Biden received at least 104,000 votes from people who are not citizens and should not be in the country. Turning to Pennsylvania, media have been mocking Trump's attorney, Rudy Giuliani, for his legal setbacks. This judge's opinion is the functional equivalent of Rudy getting dunked on here. Only one American sealed Trump's fate, and that happened today. And that was Rudy Giuliani. He became a metaphor for the campaign melting into a dark puddle of deception. If you've got the evidence of fraud presented, and what's happened here is, quite frankly, the conduct of the president's legal team has been a national embarrassment. None of them are legal scholars, but Harvard professor Alan Dershowitz is, and he says Trump has potentially winning legal arguments. They have two or three legal constitutional paths. For example, in Pennsylvania, they have two very strong legal arguments. One, that the courts changed what the legislature did about counting ballots after the end of election day. That's a winning issue in the Supreme Court. I don't necessarily support it, but it's a winning issue in the Supreme Court. And Justice Alito has already hinted that's a winning issue. They also have a winning issue in the Supreme Court on equal protection, that some counties allowed flawed ballots to be counted while others didn't. Bush versus Gore suggests that an equal protection argument can prevail. Giuliani remains optimistic they still have a chance as long as they get a fair case in front of a fair and honest court. And the fact is that the facts are there. We just need to get them uh, before a trier of fact or before a court that will be fair and we'll listen to them. I mean, the court, the court in Pennsylvania cut it off without listening to a single fact. And I don't know how, how the judge could have concluded that the facts aren't substantial when they haven't even been presented yet. <laughs> They're really kind of... And on a motion to dismiss, well, you're not supposed to consider that. So, you're, you're, uh, unfortunately, we haven't yet got a, gotten a fair decision. We will. We've got to be a little patient. One fair decision, one good hearing, and this will turn all around.
Meanwhile, in Pennsylvania, the state certified its ballots today for Biden, but it wasn't smooth sailing with two counties, Allegheny and Lucerne, refusing to give unanimous approval. Republicans in both voted no to certification. Now, as a reminder, certification doesn't mean it's over for Trump. When and if these lawsuits land in the high court, the court of Amy, as we like to call it, because she's now the fifth reliable conservative vote, there's the possibility a number of these contested ballots could be tossed, reversing the call for Biden in Pennsylvania, as well as some other states. It's what the Trump team is actually banking on. Now, important to note, the Supreme Court has yet to accept the important case brought by the state GOP in Pennsylvania, that's different from the Trump challenge, challenging the deadline extension on mail-in ballots. When the court published its list of new cases this week, the Pennsylvania case was not on the list. The high court is, however, expected to accept that case. It's just a matter of when. And turning to Michigan. Michigan here has certified its election results yesterday, despite ongoing and many charges of election fraud. Yesterday, the vote was sealed three to zip, with Republican Norm Schenkel abstaining from voting, as we reported last night. During the meeting, former State Senator Patrick Kolbeck, a Republican who served as a poll challenger at Detroit's TCF Center on Election Day, argued the results of the election, quote, are not certifiable because the chain of custody had been broken. Now, Michigan's Attorney General, Dana Nessel, a practicing lesbian, flexed her muscles at Kolbeck's charges, declaring, quote, Kolbeck's assertions aside, intentionally making a false claim of criminal activity to law enforcement is itself a crime. Well, that didn't sit too well with patriots who were quick to reply to Nessel's threat. One post said, quote, Michigan AG Nessel threatens anyone willing to expose corruption of the Michigan vote. Hiding criminal activity by intimidation is a crime. At the meeting, Kolbeck explained what he saw. Link number one is a qualified voter file. The Michigan qualified voter file contains 8.1 million registered voters, but a rudimentary demographics analysis demonstrates that only 7.8 million would be a voting age. This means that we have at least 300,000 more people on our voting rolls than we should have. In Ann Arbor alone, there are 114,375 registered voters, yet only 92,222 of voting age. Furthermore, the official vote result for Wayne County shows zero registered voters against a tally of 172,337 votes. Breakage of this fundamental link in the chain of custody subverts the integrity of all links downstream. And at the second break, he explained before he was cut short what the, that the tabulators, which were counting the votes, that they were all connected to the Internet. Link number two is a vote tally itself. I can personally attest to a break in the chain of custody for vote tallies due to visible Ethernet connections between tabulators, adjudicators, and local data center workstations, including evidence of Internet connectivity at the Detroit AV Counting Board, where 172,337 votes were reported as tabulated. If the vote tally link in the chain Mr. of custody Colbeck? is broken, we cannot have faith Mr. in accurate election results. Due to the uh, significant Mr. breaches Colbeck, in the chain of custody, done, I will have to not only it. the Kolbeck is not the only one who witnessed serious irregularities, which is really problems, which is really cheating. A former U.S. congressional candidate is alleging massive, blatant voter fraud. Her words, Articia Bomber, 2020 candidate for the Taxpayer Party of Michigan, was also at the TCF Center on November 3rd and 4th when the votes from Wayne County were being tabulated. 
Obama ran against Rashida Tlaib in the 13th Congressional District here in Michigan, in Detroit. Now, in a video interview, the former Taxpayer Party candidate described all of the stuff she saw. First of all, she talked about the 4 a.m. announcement of delivery of ballot boxes. Everybody had been told to go home, except, of course, a few people. That whiteout tape was being used to override the ballots, so ballots came in marked for Trump. They put whiteout over them, fill in Biden, and run them through the tabulator. Republicans were not allowed to show Trump-Reagan paraphernalia, but Biden, BLM, and blue Whitmer masks were allowed. And poll workers were using cell phones during ballot counting because they couldn't get out, they couldn't see, they were so far away, they had nothing to do, so they got on their cell phones. And, of course, there were people pretending to be poll watchers, and that was so you could keep the balance of numbers in there, but they weren't really poll watchers, they were just decoys making it look like there was an even number of Democrats and Republicans. In this video interview, she described her purpose in coming forward. This is for justice. And this is for it to go to court, all the way to the Supreme Court if we have to. Because I saw what I saw, I made notes, and justice needs to be served. This election was cheated, and it needs to be redone. Amen. Looking at Georgia, yesterday Atlanta attorney Lynn Wood served a subpoena on Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger demanding that he produce any recordings of any format from midnight on November 3rd, Election Day, through midnight on November 5th at State Farm Arena where ballot counting took place in Fulton County. And any document or work orders related to plumbing issues, broken pipes, or leaking toilets. Why? Well, you may recall on election night at about 10.30 Eastern time, ballot counting there just suddenly halted. The votes are still being counted and contributing to the delay is a huge surplus of absentee ballots due to the pandemic. Here in Fulton County, where we are in Atlanta, a water pipe burst at the State Farm Arena yesterday, delaying results at one of the largest processing centers in the county. Well, was there really a burst pipe? Atlanta attorney Paul Joukowsky was suspicious. So a few days after the election, he, required, he asked for open records requests, and he wanted to know whether it was actually burst or not. There are no records to show that, that a, uh, either a water main busted or a pipe busted, uh, two different things reported two different ways, uh, but neither one happened apparently. And, uh, you know, just uh, so you know, uh, they came out later. It was actually a leaking toilet. I would have expected anyone from the state, from the Secretary of State's office, from the Attorney General's office, uh, to have at least inquired into this thing. You know, how did this affect? Did, did any ballots physically get affected? You know, how has this disrupted your counting? Uh, why can't you? continue counting. It's a really big building. Uh, find another space within this enormous building to count these ballots. Hats off to Paul for chasing it down. Now, Democrats must oust both Republican incumbents in Georgia to arrive at a 50-50 split in the United States Senate. That's what they're trying to get. Georgia Democrat Stacey Abrams, who lost the governor race in 2018, is pushing hard to flip those seats blue. She's part of the corrupt George Soros machine Rudy Giuliani mentioned in the press conference on election fraud. You couldn't possibly believe that the company counting our vote with control over our vote is owned by two Venezuelans who were allies of Chavez, are present allies of Maduro, 
with a company whose chairman is a close associate and business partner of George Soros, the biggest donor to the Democrat Party, the biggest donor to Antifa, and the biggest donor to Black Lives Matter. My goodness, what do we have to do to get you to give our people the truth? Good for Rudy. He's scolding the press there, the National Press Corps, which is essentially the Democratic Party. Soros donated at least $21,000 to Abrams' gubernatorial campaign two years ago. His son, Alexander Soros, posts pictures of the two of them together and once endorsed Abrams as the future of our nation. At a rally for Kamala Harris before the election, Abrams gave an anti-Trump speech. And when racial justice is on the line... When racial reckoning is what we know, we know that while Trump divides, Biden and Harris will deliver. They've got a plan to build back better, a plan to make certain that every Georgian has the job they need, the health care they deserve, and the future they want. Because we know that with Biden and Harris, we will build back better. We will restore the soul of this nation. Also a fan of Kamala Harris. Alexander Soros recently hit social media again, saying there are two Senate races in Georgia on January 5th that the black community made happen. These races deserve our full attention. Too many American lives depend on them. The Soros machine is working hard to help Raphael Warnock beat Kelly Loeffler and John Ossoff beat uh, David Perdue. Republicans only need to hold one of those seats to maintain the Senate majority. And, of course, Wisconsin is in the news also. The recount requested by the Trump campaign is running into more and more problems. I know this is shocking to you. This morning, 386 unopened and uncounted ballots were found by Milwaukee election officials. They are believed to be from Milwaukee's Garden District. And shock? That's a large Republican area. Milwaukee's chief election official, Claire Vogue, chalked the mistake up to human error. Unsurprisingly, Vogue is an outspoken leftist and opposes voter ID laws, and this isn't the first time there was a human error under her oversight. On election night, she misplaced a flash drive with nearly 200,000 votes on it, forcing another election official and police officer to bring them to her. Problems also arose over the weekend when Milwaukee County observers were forced to stand six feet apart, away from the poll workers. You're picking up a pattern here, making observing the ballots impossible. This happened despite State Election Commissioner Robert Spindell having plexiglass windows installed specifically to prevent ballot visibility issues from occurring. Well, they occurred anyway. Meanwhile, Trump observers were accused of objecting to every single ballot by Milwaukee's county clerk. Observers are disruptive. They are, um, they are asking question after question, telling uh, the tabulators to stop, stop what they're doing. And that is, that is out of line. That's not acceptable. Well, yeah, but what he doesn't tell you is it was for objecting to illegal absentee ballots. Ballots without matching witness signatures, no corresponding application, and ballots from the so-called indefinitely confined, we told you about earlier, meaning they're incapable of leaving their homes. This isn't obstruction. 
there are actually laws on the books regarding all three of those situations. And those laws make all three of those illegal. Trump's campaign asked Milwaukee officials on Friday to segregate the suspected ballots, but to no avail. With election officials continually making it harder to properly check ballots for problems, the prospect of a fair count is looking dim, but Wisconsin is still expected to have the recount completed by the end of business on Wednesday. And we haven't talked about Nevada in a while, so let's do that. A congressman there is challenging the election results with his own lawsuit as the Trump team's lawsuit continues to be fought over in court. Dan Rodimer of Nevada's 3rd Congressional District is alleging irregularities with mail-in votes and is also going after the signature verification machine. On Monday, Rodimer mentioned to take the Rodimer motion, sorry, to take the current judge Gloria Sturman off the case because of her potential bias. She's a member of the Women's Democratic Club in Clark County, an organization that has openly endorsed Rodimer's opponent, Susie Lee. A recent report is suggesting more votes counted in the 2020 election than there were ballots cast. The report cites the official Nevada Secretary of State's records, putting the total ballots cast at 1,327,394, while the total votes in the election were 1,405,376. And that means a difference of nearly 78,000 more votes in the 2020 election than were cast, more than double Biden's lead of 33,000. And adding to mail-in ballot controversies, the local 8 News, News Now channel interviewed the husband of a woman who voted mail-in for the 2020 election three years after her death. It was uh, disbelief. Just, it, it made no sense to me. I was surprised because she passed away three years ago. I was surprised to even get that. That is pretty sickening to me, to be honest with you. It certainly brings up a lot of discomfort. Um, you know, there's a, there's a pretty exhaustive process that you go through when someone passes. Clark County officials say the signature on the ballot was a match with the one on their records, only adding to the confusion of how this ballot was able to be cast. The Trump team's recent lawsuit in Nevada has been filed and is still being looked at by the court. You can only hope a fair trial process will be conducted. And let's shift now to Arizona. Friday, GOP Chairwoman Kelly Ward confirmed their pending lawsuit had been dropped. Our lawsuit yesterday afternoon was dismissed by a judge named Judge John Hanna. Uh, he dismissed it and uh, said basically that the election procedures manual takes precedence over state statutes. Despite this, she rallied the troops yesterday not to lose heart. Rudy Giuliani, the president's attorney, is coordinating people across the entire United States. There are teams on the ground and have been on the ground since Election Day, collecting evidence, interviewing people, getting sworn affidavits, and filing lawsuits. So do not lose heart. This is far from over. Now, nevertheless, Arizona GOP spokesman Zach Henry says he wants to hold off on all certifications until the questions are answered, but he's been largely ignored. As of yesterday, all counties in Arizona have certified their results. It's important to note that while the deadline for counties to certify was November 23rd, yesterday, the deadline for the state as a whole is November 30th, and on that point, 
Governor Doug Ducey vowed last week not to accept election results until all the lawsuits have been settled. There are legal claims that are being challenged in court, and everybody on the ballot has certain access rights and remedies. And if they want to push that, they are able. Uh, Once those are adjudicated uh, and the process plays out, I will accept the results of the election. Now that counties have certified, however, it's unclear whether the governor will provide any stumbling blocks to the state's certification on November 30th. This especially since Rudy Giuliani declared Thursday in that press conference that his team is seriously looking into filing a new lawsuit in Arizona. Arizona is a a state that we're looking at very, very carefully. I would say we're probably going to bring a lawsuit in Arizona. More than probably, I think we are going to bring a lawsuit in Arizona. We're still collecting that evidence. And as previously noted, there are many serious questions that remain surrounding the Dominion voting system. Unofficial results in Arizona have Joe Biden winning the state by a razor-thin margin of just over 10,000 votes. That's all we have for you for now. Thank you for joining us. Be sure and tune in each weeknight to Church Militant for our post-election special report, giving you the latest on all of the post-election chaos, the courts, everything going on. Also, we invite you, most importantly, to join us live every weekday morning for our novena and rosary for the nation and for the triumph of justice. That's 8 a.m. Eastern weekdays. On behalf of the entire staff and crew here, thanks for watching, and please keep us in your prayers. God love you. All right, folks. That was that. So I'm going to go now to the another article. All right, this is from LifeSite News. Trump tells Pennsylvania State Committee hearing that Dems cheated an election and he has evidence to prove it. There's no doubt we have all the evidence. We have all the affidavits. We have every we have everything, said Trump. This is by Anthony Murdoch, uh, LifeSite News. Okay, Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, November 25th, 2020, LifeSite News. President Donald Trump told the Pennsylvania State Senate hearing today that was gathered in an, in an unofficial capacity to discuss alleged voter fraud in a presidential election that he has all the evidence his legal team needs to show that the Democrats cheated and that the election must be turned around in his favor. This was an election that, that we won easily. We won it by a lot, said Trump to the committee uh, via phone it's very sad to say just to say it this election was rigged and we can't let that happen we can't let it happen for our country and for this election okay it has to, you know it has to be turned around because we won pennsylvania by a lot and we won all of these swing states by a lot trump directly accused the Democrats of cheating in his remark. This election was lost by the Democrats. They cheated. It was a fraudulent election. They flooded the market. They flooded ballots. And I just want to say to uh, to thank everyone for being there. You're doing a tremendous job, service, said Trump. Trump also said that the evidence continues to pour in, adding all that is needed is for a judge to view their legal case he has uh, he also reinforced that he will continue fighting 
and will not concede to Democrat candidate Joe Biden. There's no doubt we have all the evidence. We have all the affidavits. We have everything. All we need is to have some judge listen to it properly without having a political opinion or having another kind of a problem because we have everything. And by the way, the evidence is pouring in, said Trump. The informal committee meeting was held at Wyndham Hotel in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania this afternoon and was uh, chaired by Pennsylvania State Senator David Argel. In his opening statement, chair of the meeting, Pennsylvania Senator Doug uh, Mastrino minced no words, saying, The Republic is at stake with regards to getting to the bottom of alleged election fraud in his state. The Republic is at stake. This is no game for us. We are here today to find out what the heck happened in the election. Can you imagine if the shoe was on the other foot, said Senator Mastrino? We're looking for transparency and truth. There is no grandstanding here. The governor even refuses to consider that there were any shenanigans. If there is any hint of fraud out there, we need to investigate to find out if anyone was defrauded. There were rumors Trump was expected to attend that meeting in person, but according to a CBS report, his trip was canceled at the last minute after an advisor in his campaign, Boris Epstein, tested positive for COVID-19. The legal team for Trump announced yesterday that public hearings will be held in Pennsylvania, Arizona, Michigan state legislators. In a statement sent out yesterday, Rudy Giuliani, Trump attorney said that it, that in the best interest of everyone to hold the hearings to provide clarity regarding alleged election fraud. Giuliani was on hand at the meeting and in his opening statements, he, he thanked the committee for agreeing to hear his legal team's testimony regarding alleged election fraud in Pennsylvania. All we ask is that you listen to the facts and we're presenting and then evaluated, said Giuliani. There's been censorship that I have never seen before of an incredible nature by which by big tech, big networks, big companies, they only allow one side to be heard and they refuse to allow the other side to be heard. It's almost as if they're afraid the American, uh, they're afraid the American people, if they should learn these facts, will find out just who they are and what they're about. It's an it's in everyone's interest to have a full vetting of election irregularities and fraud. I don't want to overstate it, but I do believe those values are at stake, not only in this election, but in the way this election was conducted and what we're going to do about it. Because if we allow election in the future to be conducted the way this election was conducted, we will have lost our democracy, our representative democracy, said Giuliani. According to a Fox News report, the meeting was not officially conducted by the Pennsylvania legislators, but rather was spearheaded by a group of Republican lawmakers. Pennsylvania Senator Mistrino said in a statement that he called the meeting after hearing from thousands of Pennsylvania regarding issues experiencing at the polls. Elections are fundamental principles of our democracy. Unfortunately, Pennsylvania have lost faith in the electoral system. Pennsylvanians have lost faith in the electoral system, said Mistrino in his statement. Over the past few weeks, I have heard from thousands of Pennsylvanians regarding issues experienced at the polls, irregularities with the mail-in voting system, and concerns whether the vote 
whether their vote was counted. Several of the witnesses who testified at the committee hearing spoke about how mail-in ballots were not inspected by Republicans. Kim Peterson from Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh worked at a, as a Republican canvasser representative. Peterson noted that she, along with others, were kept in a in a carol, nothing she could not see the in envelopes or ballots themselves. She noted that the monitors you um you the monitors used were fuzzy and pathetic, and you could not see at all nothing. It was very discouraging to ha- to not have not been able to see the counting up close. Another witness to testify was poll watcher Gregory Strans- Strandstrom, who worked as the CEO of Marquis Star, a data science company. Uh, Stanstrom said that what I saw as a forensic expert was an election process that was forensically destructive. He said that in the election, there was a chain of custody that was broken and noted he observed USB cards being inserted into voting machines over 24 times, adding he brought it to the attention of sheriffs. Stanstrom also noted that, that as of today, 47 USB cards are missing. Hmm. Another person to speak at the committee was Colonel Phil Waldron, a retired Army colonel combat officer of 30 years. He said that the voting system in the U.S. were built to be manipulated. They've been used in elections around the world, stolen elections around the world, said Waldron. Nothing, noting that the election voting system, such as Dominion and E and S all have common DNA that they have a similar code and similar functions. These systems are not what you've been told. They are connected to the internet and servers outside the U.S. They've, they're connected from top to the bottom and the middle. Rillen noted that there is no transparency as to how the voter information is processed, adding that votes could be modified or deleted by operators, administrators, outside threats. Operators can assign votes for write-in ballots, blank ballots, or error ballots in large numbers. They can be directed toward one candidate or another at the operator or supervisor's discretion, all in real time. Rolden then went on to say that our experts and our and others believe that up to 1.2 million Pennsylvania votes could have been altered or fraudulent, adding that only a full forensic investigation can reveal what took place. The committee meeting was held a day after the Democratic governor of Pennsylvania. Governor Tom Wolf confirmed that his state secretary of state, Kathy Bukvar, had certified the results for both President and President-elect. The Arizona hearing will be held on November 30th in the state legislature with Michigan's hearing scheduled for December 1st. Trump's campaign legal, legal, senior legal advisor and personal attorney Jenna, Jenna Ellis said in the press release about the committee meeting yesterday that they were pleased uh, pleased that the state legislature in Pennsylvania, Arizona, and Michigan will be convening, hearing, convening hearings to examine the November 3rd presidential election. There were there were there were serious irregularities. We have proof of fraud in a number of states, and it is important for all Americans to have faith in our election process. All we have wanted from the outset is to count every legal vote and discount discount every illegal vote. According to Trump's legal team, state legislators are uniquely qualified 
and position to hold hearings on election irregularities and fraud before electors are chosen. As established in Article 2, Section 1.2 of the United States Constitution, state legislators have the sole authority to select their representatives in the Electoral College, providing a critical safeguard against voter fraud and election manipulation. Trump's Trump himself thanked Giuliani for his service to his country in, ho in helping him win his election fight, saying he was the greatest mayor of New York has ever had. Trump thanked his team, along with senators and witnesses, witnesses in attendance at the meeting, with, which, his, which his team said is needed as an effort to provide confidence that all illegal votes have been counted and that illegal votes are not, are not tallied. So um, just to provide it, the Pennsylvania court, Third Circuit Court, has blocked, I want to tell you this, has blocked a certification by Bookfar. She does not have, Bookfar, who is the Secretary of State, does not have, uh, the Secretary of State cannot certify uh, an election. She doesn't have that. She doesn't have that qualification. It's only the state legislator. Um can certify. Bookfar herself was the one who changed changed the law in uh, in Pennsylvania, uh, making for people to vote early and early. Only the legislator can do that, not the Secretary of State. And she also allowed it to be counted, uh, ballots to be counted days after November third. The Secretary of State doesn't have that power. The Constitution makes it quite clear. But unfortunately, unfortunately, with uh, Democrats, they, uh, they feel that they can do that. They can, they can change that. Um, <laughs> they, you know, I mean, think about it. I mean, here, the Secretary of State, here is a, the committee meeting was held a day after the Democratic Governor, uh, Governor of Pennsylvania, Governor Tom Wolf, confirmed that his state secretary of state, Kathy Bookfar, had certified the results for both president and president-elect. The, the secretary of state can't do that. Okay, here, uh, here, Washington, Pennsylvania, certified. This is from CBS, all right? This is by Melissa Quinn and CBS News. Washington, Pennsylvania certified the results of its election Tuesday, formalizing president-elect Joe Biden, a victory over President Trump in the state, despite efforts by the Trump campaign to block it from doing so. Well, it did get blocked by the Third Circuit Court. Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf, a Democrat, confirmed in a pair of tweets that Secretary of State Kathy Bookfar certified the results for President and Vice President. Vice President Wolf said he signed the certificate of assertment for the state of electors for Mr. Biden and Vice President-elect Kamala Harris. I want to th thank the election officials who have administered a fair and free election during an incredibly challenging time in our Commonwealth and country's history, Wolf tweeted. Our election workers have been under constant attack and they performed admirably and honorably. Notice they didn't bother to even acknowledge the irregularities in the, in the, uh, the problems in the election. You notice, notice the governor ignored it completely. Mr. Biden defeated Mr. Trump by a margin of 80,555 votes, securing the state's 20 electoral votes. Pennsylvania certification result is the latest blow 
to the president as he continues to claim without evidence that he, not Biden, is the winner of the presidential election. This is CBS. Mr. Trump has unsupported, uh, some supported allegations, unsupported allegations. Now, you just heard Church Militant, what they just presented. Unsupported allegation that the election was rife with fraud and has spread unfounded theories on Twitter that the president contest contest was rigged against him. The Trump's campaign sought to block certification of Pennsylvania's election results by mourning a slew of long shot legal battles in state and federal court that alleged photo fraud. But this but their case was in most in instance tossed out by judges with a campaign most recent laws coming Saturday. Wrong. The Third Circuit Court heard it, and the Third Circuit Court has stopped the certification. Why CBS won't tell you this? Bob Buer, a senior advisor for the Biden campaign, ridiculed Mr. Trump and his legal team following Pennsylvania certification, saying despite their legal challenges, state will continue to certifying their results. Mr. Biden will be inaugurated. No, there is no, no one. It's on. No one knows. We have to find out what exactly happened. All right, let's go back. I want to listen to something on Twitter. To you now, Mr. President, you are connected. But uh, I really appreciate uh, being asked to speak, and I'm in the Oval Office right now, and it's very interesting to see what's going on, and this was an election that we won easily. We won it by a lot. Uh, a big energy uh, official was on this morning uh, on an uh, important show and said there's no way Trump didn't win Pennsylvania because the energy industry was all for him. Uh, I saw, you know, with with my eyes what happened, and he told me horror stories, absolute horror stories. So this was a uh, very sad to say it. This election was rigged, and we can't let that happen. We can't let it happen for our country, and this election has to be turned around because uh, we won Pennsylvania by a lot, and we won all of these swing states by a lot. Anybody watching television the night of the election was saying, Wow, I was called by the biggest political people. Congratulations, Sarah, on a big win. And all of a sudden, ballots were dumped all over the place, and a lot of horrible things happened. And everybody in that room, I want to thank all of the people that signed affidavits and all of the speakers. You fantastic people. You're great patriots. I want to thank the senators for being there. And uh, it's so important. Day before Thanksgiving, it really represents somebody between... The voter suppression and all of the horrible things that happened to poll watchers. Uh, we have poll watcher affidavits uh, piled up to the ceiling. They're all over. They were treated horribly all over this, uh, all, all of these swing states. I mean, virtually all of the swing states. And many other things were happening that were horrible, just horrible. But the poll watchers weren't allowed to watch. Uh, they were, in many cases, whisked out of the room, not only into pens that were... 20, 30, 40, 60, 100 feet away, where you couldn't even see. They were using binoculars. People are reporting that they had to use binoculars, and that didn't work. Uh, if you were a Republican poll watcher, you were treated like a dog. And uh, the Democrats had no problem, but they were rough. They were, they were literally uh, pushed out. 
and there was rough tactics. This is what what happened here. This is not the United States of America. What happened? And I think everybody knows that. That's why you're there, and that's why you're so vehement about it. Uh, we have many, many cases, many, many cases of people walking in a a woman. An elderly woman walks in looking forward to voting November 3rd and says, oh, good, where would I go about voting? I'm sorry, you've already voted. Your ballot is in. I said, no, I didn't vote. I didn't vote. No, your ballot is in. You've already voted. In all cases for Biden, by the way. She said, no, no, I want to vote. Nope, your ballot is in. And then they give her a provisional ballot to sign, which goes nowhere. It's a disgrace that this is happening to our country. We won this election by a lot. We got 74 million votes. And if you would have said 74 million votes the day before the election, every single professional in the business would have said there's no way of beating that. We got 11 million votes more than we had four years before in 2016. And we got many votes more than Ronald Reagan had when he won 49 states. And nobody would have said we even had a chance of losing. And all you had to do is take a look at the numbers at 10 o'clock in the evening when everybody thought the election was virtually over. And then very weird things happened. But they're not weird to professionals and they're not weird to Dominion and other people that operate machines. And they're not weird to the people that handle the ballots where they were flooding the market. People were getting two and three and four ballots in their home. People that were dead were signing up for ballots. Not only were they coming in and putting in a ballot, but dead people were requesting ballots, and they were dead for years, and they were requesting ballot ballots, and the whole world is watching us. The whole world is watching the United States of America, and we can't let them get away with it, and we have judges that are afraid to make a decision. We have judges that don't want to do the same thing. A very good lawyer said, well, sir, I mean, that's a big statement for a judge to overthrow an election. I said, really? If he got hundreds of thousands of votes more than he was entitled to get through all of the things that I'm listening to right now, and you're just covering a few of them, we have, we have hundreds and hundreds of affidavits of stories that are even worse than the stories I'm hearing. Why wouldn't they overturn an election? Certainly overturn it in your state. Because we have other states that are just as bad. If you look at uh, Michigan with Detroit, you look at the things that happened in Detroit, where you have a voter, but you have more votes than you have voters. You take a look at Detroit, Michigan. You have more votes than you have voters. And then you have two people that don't want to certify. They don't want to certify, and they're harassed violently. And they turned off the cameras during the harassment for two hours. And then they said, wow, and they were afraid and they voted. And then they went back to sign and they couldn't do it because they said, we can't do it because this is corrupt. This is horrible what's taking place. Think of it, more votes than you have voters. But that was the least of it. They have things that were as bad as that. And this is going on all over, all over. We're doing very well. And. A lot of states, a lot of good things are happening in Georgia. We're getting little help from government, but a lot of good things are happening in Georgia, Wisconsin, and uh, Michigan. They're seeing what happened in Detroit. And we sure are looking at what's happening in Pennsylvania and Philadelphia. What happened in Philadelphia, they keep 
the poll watches not only in pens, but they keep them out of the building. And the only reason they got back into the building was they got a court order. And then the definition of back into the building was very far away where they couldn't see anything. And they talk about closed circuit television, except you couldn't see it because the picture was so unclear, you didn't even know what they were doing. They could have been playing a baseball game. So it's a very sad thing for our country to have this. And they have to turn over the results. It would be easy for me to say, oh, let's worry about four years from now. No, this election was lost by the Democrats. They cheated. It was a fraudulent election. They flooded the market. They defrauded everybody on balance. And I just want to thank everybody for being there. You're doing a tremendous service. This is a very important moment in the history of our country. And you're doing a tremendous service to our country. And hey, don't worry about bravery, because the people that talk the most, they're not the ones you have to worry about. And these are all talkers. They intimidate. But these are not people that you're going to ultimately have to. They push you around. They pushed our poll wor workers out. Our poll watchers were pushed out of the building. Okay? The, uh, some got back in, they were put in the pens. But these are not people. Don't be intimidated by these people. But they're bad people. They're horrible people. And they're people that don't love our country. So we don't have to worry about four years right now. We have to worry about what happened on November 3rd and previous to November 3rd. And by the way, after November 3rd, when people put votes in, and they put them in illegally. They put them in after the polls closed. And one of our great Supreme Court justices made mention of that. And I can't imagine that any justice or anybody looking at it could be thrilled when they vote after the election is over. So I want to thank everybody very much for being there. I want to thank the state Senate, respected people, tremendous people. And you're doing a tremendous service for our country. And if something was done wrong, if this election was, was won fraudulently, and that's what happened, it was a fraud. And we're talking about, very importantly, many more ballots, many more votes than the number we need. In other words, if we needed 50,000 votes, we're not talking about we found nine dead people that voted. Of course, there were many more than that, many numbers that nobody even believes. Now, we're talking about numbers that are far in excess of the 50,000, far in excess of another state where we lost by 10,000. And they went absolutely wild because we got far more votes than they thought possible. And they just stepped on the gas and they got caught. Just like they got caught spying on my campaign, they got caught exactly, they got caught doing this. So I really appreciate it and the country appreciates it. And... We have to turn the election over because there's no doubt we have all the evidence, we have all the affidavits, we have everything. All we need is to have some judge listen to it properly without having a political opinion or having another kind of a problem because we have everything. And by the way, the evidence is pouring in now as we speak. Okay, that's about it. So what you see there, they didn't mention that in CBS. A lot of them on the mainstream news are not talking about these problems. I mean, what is this? Biden has just performed a, a miracle. Should he be canonized a saint or something? I mean, you know, I mean, already there was a, another report earlier. I, I haven't, uh, I don't think it's, uh, we have to certify it if it's true that Biden's ancestors uh, were possibly slave owners themselves. And 
they, they some company did a research on his uh, ancestry background, but we don't know that. I mean, that that we'll wait to see if anybody else can certify it, if it's true. But we got to be careful about that. The point is, the Democrats changed the rules. They always they always do this with this with the Constitution. It has to be evolved. I mean, to them, they think they should have the power to rewrite the laws as they see fit that benefits them. If something, I mean, this is something like Henry VIII did. This is something that they do in in, in a lot of uh, third world countries. If something doesn't work through a dictator's or a ruler's uh, 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 ambition, rewrite the law. And that's how they do it. Well, <clears throat> that's it. I mean, you know, I mean, I don't know what else to say, but there's going to be a lot more coming out and I think we're going to see an interesting battle. It's going to be an interesting couple of days. The problem is, will the mainstream media look into it? Will they look into this and challenge it? And that's what we need to see. We need to see the mainstream media break ranks and start looking into things. And, you know, let's hope We'll see this. I mean, that's, you know, it doesn't seem like we have a free independent media anymore. All right. So we're going to end it here and um, we'll get back together again soon. Uh, let's hope uh, there's more interesting news out there. I'm sure there will be. God bless. Mm -hmm.